Welcome to the Financial Power Hour with the Financial Prosperity Coach, Christopher Music, who has been a featured guest on CBS, NBC, ABC, and Fox affiliates, sharing his 20-plus years of experience in financial principles and how to apply them to your life and business. And now, your host, Christopher Music. Well, welcome to the Financial Power Hour here on AM 1380, The Biz. I'm your host, Christopher Music. I'm the creator of Econologics, Results-Based Financial Planning, and The Private Practice Millionaire. I invite you to come find me on the web at www.pchristophermusic.com. That's my personal website, and there you can find all kinds of information about me, downloads of uh, free resources, and other information. Now, this Financial Power Hour was put together to help change the lives of small business owners and professionals who are in private practice. You know the way I see it? You all work way too hard not to have financial independence or what I call a condition of financial power. This show is designed to bring you priceless content and expert interviews with rock stars to empower you and educate you on the successful actions you need to achieve your most important business goals and reach your financial destiny. My special guest today is a HIPAA and OSHA expert. Her name is Jill Obrachta, and I'm going to be talking with her about her expertise in helping business owners understand the risk of noncompliance with the new OSHA and HIPAA rules, especially in a healthcare practice. But before we hear from Jill, I want to share with you my position on how building a system to maintain compliance in your industry is so vitally important and helps you with a subject called asset protection. You know, asset protection is an area of financial planning that is not something that has the, the marquee. It's something that is not looked at as an important piece you know, it's always the investments. Oh, Christopher, I have investments. I want to know how to get the best return I can. Or, gee, I need insurance to cover the chance of losing something. Or perhaps I need to save money in taxes. Can you show me how to do that? Those are all very important pieces of this financial planning subject that uh, all of us are involved in. But asset protection is something I never really got involved in as a practitioner until I was in the business for at least 15 years. No one ever talks about it. Yet it is a critical element for the small business owner, you, to really understand how to protect what makes your money. Isn't that an interesting concept? You work so hard to make money. Why is it that we just put it all up for grabs by not taking care of the things we need to take care of. <clears throat> you know, in the world of business, especially with private practice professionals who are the people that I tend to serve, your private practice dentist, your optometrist, veterinarian, allied healthcare primarily, how in the world do we protect the instruments that make our income? Did you know that there are 89 different risks you face every single day in private practice, all of which can create a loss of greater or lesser degree. I mean, think about it. What is the cost of hiring the wrong person? You ever, you ever calculate that? You ever hire the wrong person? You know, I know those of you who are listening right now are kind of that tongue-in-cheek smile saying, oh yeah, I've done that. 
Yeah, you haven't. You really haven't gone the gauntlet of being in business for yourself if you have not hired the wrong person. What did it cost you? Yeah, I think the national average, I think, is somewhere on thirty thousand dollars loss to a business for hiring the wrong person. Not to mention one that may have been there for twenty years and have perhaps embezzled from you, or some other bad result. You see, that is why it's so critically important to know how to hire people. That is the way you manage that risk, knowledge. Well, think about regulatory compliance. <clears throat> you know, the, the government and the regulations and laws that we have to abide by. Think of tax laws. What does it cost you every single year to not understand how to, to comply with the tax laws? Now, compliance does not mean paying the most you can in tax because uh, the accountant is not having you use the code to reduce your tax liability. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about using the code to maximize your return on taxes and be compliant with what the IRS wants as far as how the returns are done. Being compliant with the code, the law. What I found... In a pilot on tax planning is that of 24 different doctors that I interviewed with a list of about 20 tax deductions that they were eligible for, guess how much we are overpaying in taxes? These doctors are overpaying in taxes because they did not have a compliant tax plan. Well, we found on average $20,000 a year, too much in income tax being paid, which is five to seven of these 20 strategies. It's because we don't know. That's the problem. And we can't be compliant with something we don't know. Well, let's take healthcare practitioners or insurance practitioners or someone who's trying to deal with compliance with patients or compliance with the laws as it relates to OSHA and HIPAA. You know, something I don't know a lot about. But as a healthcare pr- practitioner, for example, you really need to know your business when it comes to this. And you got one of two options, do it yourself or hire an expert. That's really, that's really what it comes down to in all these different fields. So I've had the good fortune of finding a person who is an awesome expert in this particular area. And by using the tools that are available to you to keep your office in compliance is an asset protection strategy. You see how that could be? Because if you ever get audited or and <clears throat> have a negative re- reaction, and we'll probably get some of these horror stories as we do the interview today, but any way we can protect your assets and your practice is your largest asset. So anything we can do to protect that, we're going to. That is a financial planning technique. That's not often known. So we're going to get involved in doing that. We're going to take a quick break now, and up next, I'm going to be talking to my special guest, OSHA and HIPAA expert, Jill Obrachta, and she'll be giving you her expertise on how to get HIP on the new HIPAA omnibus rules and make compliance and implementation easy. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. 
If you're a business owner, ask yourself this question. Do you know how to avoid the common money mistakes slowing down operations and growth? Are you confident with great certainty that you're in control of all financial decisions? Are you running your business with the know-how to achieve financial prosperity? So what is financial prosperity and how do you really know if you're there? Your first clue that you're not is spending more time dealing with financial worries than growing your business. I'm Christopher Music, and I have a solution for you. I have researched and codified 21 laws of financial prosperity for private practice owners from a study of 5,000 years of civilization. These laws have been found workable in all times and places, and they can be applied successfully today to help you achieve wealth and freedom. Go to 21prosperitylaws.com and download your free 21 Laws of Financial Prosperity Action Guide today. Do not wait. That's 21prosperitylaws.com. Welcome back to the Financial Power Hour with Christopher Music, online at pchristophermusic.com. Well, welcome back. I'm your host, Christopher Music, and you're listening to the Financial Power Hour here on AM 1380, The Biz. Now, before that break, I shared with you my experience and viewpoint on this asset protection element and how important it is to be in compliance with regulatory or tax or legal requirements. And I'm going to introduce my special guest right now. Her name is Jill Obrachta. She is a 20-plus year veteran of the clinical dental hygiene arena. And for the past several years of her career, she has been a compliance researcher, product developer, and OSHA and HIPAA training specialist. She now owns and operates a web education company dedicated to successful OSHA and HIPAA compliance for healthcare professionals and is considered one of the country's top dental OSHA and HIPAA for healthcare compliance experts. She is an internationally published writer and educator for several top industry manufacturers, including Capital One, Waterpick Technologies, 3M, Procter & Gamble, just to name a few. She is the founder of HIPAAomnibusrule.com and DentalEnhancements.com, providing web-based education specializing in OSHA and HIPAA-made-easy training solutions for the private practice healthcare sector nationwide with the help of her team of compliance experts. Jill is dedicated to helping healthcare professionals enjoy and excel in their healing art by taking the burden out of implementing OSHA and HIPAA compliance. Pleased to welcome Jill Obrachta. Christopher, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really excited to uh, speak to your audience about compliance and hopefully shedding some light on an otherwise mm, sometimes dreaded subject, OSHA and HIPAA compliance. So thank you so much for having me here. Well, thanks for being here. And what we're going to do today is make this area easy and fun for our listeners to take a look at today. So as we get into the subject matter, tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you came from, and why you're so passionate about what you do. Sure, Christopher, I'll be happy to do that. You know, my background is as a dental hygienist. So I was originally trained in dental hygiene, and somewhere around 1991, I found myself working in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and running a study group for dentists, about 30 dentists. Now this is about the time when there was a dentist in South Florida, and he was presumed to be opening his bloodstream during dental injections. 
So it becomes pandemonium. No one wants to go to the dentist. This is sort of the time that HIV is coming into vogue. People are getting to understand the disease, but they're not very enlightened. So it's a very, very fragile time uh, with healthcare and a super delicate time in dentistry. Um, what happened was I'm running this study group, and guess what my area for the dental study group was? My expertise was supposed to be in OSHA. OSHA is safety, right? Safety and making sure that everything is clean and infection control. And all of a sudden, there was a stop. No one was going to the dental office. So I worked for a great dentist. He was my mentor, and he was a visionary. And I said, what are we going to do? And he said, we're going to give them what they want. We are going to study OSHA and this new infection control. This is really when bloodborne pathogens was born to the USA, when all healthcare providers, not just the dental industry, had to start implementing the use of red bags and sharps containers. And so that really was when my love and my passion for OSHA safety was born. And I think that's when I coined the phrase OSHA made easy for dental professionals. And that grew over the course of the next 20 years when uh, compliance for privacy and security came into vogue with HIPAA laws. We have HIPAA made easy compliance strategies. So I'm excited to talk about tools and strategies for your listeners today so that they can go back into their practices do a checklist and an inventory of what they have working in their office and things that they may have overlooked that aren't working. And I'll tell you, Christopher, those are the first things that an OSHA inspector or a HIPAA auditor are going to look for. So we're going to uncover and unravel some of those mysteries and make it very clear for what your listeners can utilize within their office so this can be really streamlined and and easy to implement. I like that. Easy to implement. Wonderful. So uh, let's talk about OSHA. What in the world does OSHA mean? OSHA is Occupational Safety and Health Administration, and it is a governing body that really deals with employee safety. But my expertise for OSHA lies within the dental industry. And within the dental industry, that can spread over not just the employee safety, you start getting into the public safety, patient safety, and now, Christopher, it even covers environmental health. So there are containers to protect the environment from mercury contamination Mm -hmm. for amalgam fillings that doctors are either placing or taking out, and even their anesthetic carpules. They now have to protect the water and the soil from pharmaceutical waste. So OSHA deals with primarily the safety of employees, but it does bleed over into public health and even environmental safety. And OSHA inspectors, as well as health department inspectors, are going to look for important paperwork, as well as all employees being trained and everyone being up to snuff as the OSHA employee safety rolls over into patient safety. Now, HIPAA, HIPAA started in uh, 1996, and that was implemented by President Clinton. It was at first created to protect people from insurance, health insurance policies skyrocketing in price. And HIPAA stands for Health Insurance Portability. So if you're moving from state to state, you're getting transferred with your job, uh, all of a sudden your health insurance premium could skyrocket. The end of that acronym is 
Accountability Act. So it held the insurance companies accountable to put a cap on how much they can raise the premiums for health insurance. So that's the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996. By 2003, there was a lot of information sharing, health information sharing. So let's say there was an executive looking for a job at a Fortune 500 company. Some companies were buying, purchasing health insurance information so that they were discriminating and not hiring uh, professionals based on communicable disease. That was an outrage. So again, the government stepped in and said, everyone has the right to privacy. Now, the years go by, and more recently, in 2013, there's these new HIPAA omnibus rules. And omnibus rules protect people's uh, privacy and security much more, because as we've evolved over the 90s uh, into uh, this era, there is much more identity thievery. So we know that identity thieves can go onto internet, uh, steal computers, and things that aren't encrypted or properly safeguarded. HIPAA now deals with the right to privacy, also security and privacy within the healthcare setting. Very important that doctors know anything from paperwork, their patient check-in, check-out, and how they're handling copiers, faxes, computers, emails. So that's kind of the, the long and short of it. OSHA is for safety, employee safety, and HIPAA deals with privacy and security within the healthcare sector. A lot. <laughs> I know it's a lot. That is a lot. Okay, so we have OSHA and we have HIPAA. Now, we have this, uh, kind of going to focus on the new HIPAA omnibus compliance rules. I guess the first question is, how in the world did, did HIPAA get so complicated? You know, I think when we started getting into the high-tech era, uh, the government knew that with the use of Internet, and let's face it, over the last 10 years, we have our phones and our iPads and our computers, and we're nowhere without technology. At the same time, identity thieves were getting very savvy on how they can make a play for gaining patient information. Um, we know that big companies can have breaches or leaks of patient information. If you have more than 500 files of patient data getting breached, the government started to step in and saying, hey, we have to not only report that to media, we have to let the public know that they're um, private information may have been breached, as well as contacting patients directly. So HIPAA omnibus rules. In 2013, the government took the 500 original pages of HIPAA. They added 80 more pages to encompass emails, computers, fax, copiers, even how you handle your cell phones and uh, any backup drives and uh, computers that leave the office, like laptops. So these new 80 pages combined with the 500 original OSHA laws, and those are called the HIPAA omnibus rules. Now you might ask, Christopher, what in the world is an omnibus? What in the world is an omnibus? An omnibus. By definition, it is a volume containing previously published parts. So they take the original 500 pages, add the 80 to it, and voila, we have the HIPAA omnibus rules. Now, funny enough, comic books are written in omnibus format. So there's Superman omnibus or there's a Batman omnibus. Only this might not be so much fun because what that threw onto the average healthcare practice owner was 
We have to understand everything, all encompassing, not only about our patients and paper and how we handle patients within the office, communicate with communications, but now we have to understand how to protect our outgoing email, our fax machine, our copier. We have to vet our employees to make them understand and be safe when handling patient information. So these new omnibus rules really put the onus of 580 pages of law onto the average practice owner. And within that, these practice owners and their employees have to be well-versed in 18 protected health identifiers. That's anything from a name, phone number, address, email address, to social security number, banking information. All of this has to be properly protected, whether the employer or the employee is in the office or outside of the office. So you see, it can be rather overwhelming. Hmm? Yeah, and I think most uh, practice owners who I deal with, you know, we're interested in them being very successful in their in their practice, very affluent and uh you know, spending time doing what they love to do. So give me a a quick example here uh, before we go into the break of how a practice owner can, uh, just a couple quick ideas of how a practice owner can streamline these uh, 18 different identifiers and so on to make it so that it's a little easier for them to be compliant. You know, you learn about the identifiers in an employee training. So first off, there's like four components. Whenever a HIPAA auditor comes in the office, they're going to look, one, every employee has to be trained to these HIPAA omnibus standards mm-hmm. with proof. There's actually three different forms that an employee should have signed for confidentiality and knowing that they're routing that information uh, and protecting it appropriately. Next, paperwork. Paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. There's eight new forms under these new omnibus rules that should already be implemented into your office protocols. A HIPAA manual written to the new omnibus standard. You know, that's a federal document. Every location has to have that. Whether you have one location, can't be shared, must have one of those manuals at each location. Next are your protocols within your office. So my company always provides a checklist. We want to make sure that from the patient check-in and check-out, that that's private, to your fax machine, your copy, or your computers, your cell phones. So many things within the office, the protocols. They're going to look for training, paperwork, and facility protocols. And it's always good to make sure that you can go to a resource for these kinds of answers. But that's a way for a doctor to really streamline things. Employee training, make sure it's up to snuff to the omnibus standards, the paperwork, and the facility protocols. Very important. That's a lot. It is a lot. It is. And there's reports on top of that inside of... Uh, the the checklist, but we'll talk about that. Maybe I'll go into more detail about that uh, in just a bit. Really, it's important for the doctor to wrap his head around those three components, paperwork, protocols, and training for his team. PPT. Mm-hmm. You paperwork, got it. Paperwork. Mm-hmm. Protocols. Train, protocols. And employee training. Can you all hear that? PPT. PPT. We're going to make a new acronym out of that because that is a critical element to protecting your asset. You know, you can't just, you know, just not comply and say, you know, it's just too much to handle. It's it's an expense I don't want to, to uh, uh, incur. You know, we tend to get a little bit flippant sometimes. We're rather trying to, you know, get new patients or clients, and we're trying to create a viable business. But, 
you know, from an asset protection point of view, the, the more you can systematize and put into policy and procedure these types of, of uh, processes into your system, not only does it create more income for you, but it also creates a business that is sellable because it's already taken care of. Now, you know we're going to take a, a quick break now for weather and traffic update, but not, up next, we're going to continue our interview with OSHA and HIPAA expert Jill Obrakta. And we'll continue to learn more about what is important for healthcare facilities to know regarding the new HIPAA omnibus rules and how to begin putting this compliance system in place. You definitely don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Why do we go into business for ourselves? What's the payoff of hard work and self-sacrifice? Hopefully you've answered by saying your dream was to be debt-free and financially wealthy. If not, then something is missing. It's been said that you can't manage what you can't measure, and that's certainly true in business and in your financial life. I'm Christopher Music, and I want to invite you to an online video called The 17 Statistical Measurements of the Private Practice Millionaire. Learn how to define financial power and how to correctly and objectively measure when it is achieved. Why using current mainstream metrics are incomplete, creating an apparency of financial success while actually creating financial duress and how mastering the ability to measure financial success will help you stay in control so that you can achieve financial power. Visit FinancialPowerStatistics.com and watch the 17 statistical measurements of the Private Practice Millionaire video. That's FinancialPowerStatistics.com. This is the Financial Power Hour with Prosperity Coach Christopher Music. Make contact at 727-588-1540. And now, here's Christopher Music. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Financial Power Hour here on AM 1380, The Biz. I'm your host, Christopher Music, the creator of results-based financial planning, called Econologics, and the Private Practice Millionaire. We're here talking with OSHA and HIPAA expert Jill Obrakta on how to get HIP on the new HIPAA omnibus rules and make compliance and implementation easy. Jill, thanks again for being on the show. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm having a really good time sharing some of these tools and tips to help your healthcare practitioner listeners have an easy time of this as they have to kind of get enlightened, be aware of what to do within their practices, and then streamline their efforts. That's big. Streamline. I'm, I'm a big fan of streamlining, of course. So, you know, we talked about all this HIPAA and OSHA compliance in the first part of the show. Now, what's new regarding uh, HIPAA? What's What do people need to be aware of? You know, in 2016, the government funded... HIPAA phase one and phase two audits. And in a lot of industries, the uh, professional organizations maybe sent out a letter, maybe sent out an announcement on a website, but how easy is that to miss? So to be aware and make yourself very aware of these HIPAA phase one, phase two audits, that means uh, the first phase, the government sends out an email. It can be an email to any one of your email addresses, and you have to respond to a survey, a 10-question survey. You know, Christopher, they ask some really in-depth questions, a lot regarding the revenue coming in and out, streaming in and out of the practice. I know a lot of practitioners got the survey, and you think, what the heck is this? It's so in-depth. It's a bit 
personal, it's a bit intrusive. So many practitioners don't know what to do. Do you answer the survey? Do you not? Well, here's the thing. If you don't answer, the government will be able to obtain as much information as they can from public sources. And you go into a pool to be picked for the dreaded Phase two HIPAA audits. And you might ask, Christopher, what is the phase two? What is the phase two audit? Yes, thank you. (laughs) Well, phase two audits are when the HIPAA auditors come to your office. Now, this is not such a lovely experience. The auditors will come in and they expect that every single one of your employees are trained with three certifications to prove uh, different forms that they have agreement uh, in being trained to these omnibus standards, that they understand confidentiality, even a technology use agreement. So what they will use in the course of their job, whether that means computers, phones, copiers, fax machines, all of this has to be at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. Uh, The audit will also have the auditor coming in and looking for a HIPAA manual, about 25 different protocols within your office. I think the most important thing to have ready as you welcome a HIPAA auditor is called a risk assessment report. Now, a risk assessment report is sometimes provided by your IT tech or your IT company, the company that supplies your uh, data software. Mm -hmm. Hmm? But it has to be updated regularly. This is what the government wants in this coveted risk assessment report. First, you'll have to have a list of all of your employees and then a list of all of your equipment by make, model, and serial number. Next, any business vendors who handle your patient information will have to have signed a business associate agreement. Those things are a little bit time-consuming to get Mm -hmm. together, but you certainly could do that. And over the course of the next two decades, don't be fooled, the risk assessment report will be the first thing that the HIPAA auditor wants. So a good, easy task to get in order. The next part gets a little bit difficult. The government also wants to know about 150 questions about the setup and configuration of your computers and internet. So daunting task, right? Risk assessment report, wouldn't you think? Mm -hmm. It's a lot of information. What we've done uh, through the HIPAA Made Easy program, we have access to a risk assessment report template. You start filling it out. It will take about 10 to 20 hours to get this report initially accomplished. But once you have that template, Christopher, every single year, you go back to the template, you might update a couple employees, you may update some new computers, some new business vendors, and your IT tech can help you with those questions as they change for configuration. But isn't that a great way to streamline having a template, especially if you want to have peace of mind and know, oh my goodness, I have to put maybe 10 or 20 hours into this this year? But then in consecutive years, it's easy breezy and you're just streamlining everything through and you'll feel confident if you do have a visit by a HIPAA auditor. You know, that is a critical point there that you made regarding templates. And I'm a huge believer in building systems for businesses. As a trained business consultant and as a 25-year financial advisor, the biggest, uh, I guess, delusion that many small business owners have, private practice practitioners have, is that their practice is their largest financial planning asset, their largest retirement asset. And you have to build your business, your practice, so that it is worth maximum value to someone other than yourself. 
because you're not going to be here to run it uh, 50, 100 years from now. Someone else will be here. And if you create these templates, if you create these processes that are just maintenance rather than leaving whole areas of your practice uh, unsystematized, you know, there's it costs so much money in a potential sale or in even annual revenue by not having these that, that it really begs the question of how important it is to get these these in place. So uh, what would you say so to that? I'm so glad that you mentioned that because as doctors transition, you know, they're going to transition and either bring in an associate, perhaps arrange for a sale of mm-hmm. their practice. It's so important when you can bring that added value of having your OSHA safety or HIPAA compliance in place in the practice. I know within my company, we give some VIP membership um, rewards. So if a doctor is working with us over the years, most of this is in place. Now, any new owner can't just transfer over the HIPAA manual and a lot of the forms and things like that. So we license per location and per doctor. But what we will do as you make a transition is really make a sweetened transition deal because if you have, if you're a practice owner that's working with us, we want to translate that over to the new practice owner. So we will always welcome them in with certain discounts and and extra benefits of training, extra training so that that new doctor can get onboarded quickly and easily. We just change over any licensure to software and uh, that doctor can understand how to use the components within our kits for OSHA and HIPAA. And it makes it so easy and valuable, as you said. Perfect. What a great great way to add value to any any practice. So, Joe, you were talking a little bit about this HIPAA audit. Now, can you share with us, I don't want to know necessarily horror stories, but uh, what risk would a practice owner have when they're dealing with a HIPAA audit, HIPAA compliance? What can go wrong? You know, when in 2013, when the government decided to implement the HIPAA omnibus rules, they add the 80 additional pages. Now there's 580 pages of very heavy HIPAA omnibus rules. Uh, it deals with the enormity of Internet and computers, and we're going to grow into these laws. So these laws are written very obtuse, and you can't really understand, well, how am I going to implement all of this? It's almost, almost overwhelming. With these laws came astounding fees. And I'm telling you, they are happening now in big business, yes, in hospitals, yes, but also in small practice, in the small chiropractic, dental, and medical practice. So be very aware of what can happen. The fines for noncompliance with the HIPAA omnibus rules, not having your team trained, not having the paperwork and reports properly in order, and certainly not having your facility protocols in place. They start at $10,000 and they go up to $1.5 million. Mm. Now, I have a resource that I love to tell the average practice owner because sometimes a doctor will just say to me, oh, you know what, Jill, I'm just a small time business. No one's going to find me. I'm just a small doctor. Well, I love this resource and I hope that your listeners will go to thehippajournal.com. Thehippajournal.com. A couple of HIPAA internet geeks that are programmers. And they thought, you know, we're going to tell our clients and educate our clients about what's going on. And every week they put up new finds that are out there in every industry. So you'll see there's a dentist most recently. He got fined almost $3 million for noncompliance. He was just basically blowing everything off. 
I've also had uh, instances where maybe a medical office wants to have their hard copy x-rays transposed over into uh, something that's more electronic and in sharing that information without a business associate agreement, something that a business vendor has to sign to also keep the doctor's uh, patient information confidential. There you go. Another $37,000 fine. So these HIPAA auditors are trained to look specifically where there might be little pinhole leaks or areas where an identity thief can either come into uh, onto your computer systems uh, through internet that's not encrypted or properly set up with routers and fire uh, walls or employees that aren't properly vetted. Many healthcare facilities are now doing background checks on their employees. And I don't mean just new employees. It's very important, even if you've had Mary Jane working for you for 20 years, it's important to go backwards and get people vetted and inspected because it can come up even in the HIPAA audit. I heard you talking before about hiring employees. This is so important because it comes into play as any employee is handling patient information. Best thing to get prepared is make sure that you have some kind of a system, something that you can streamline to prepare your employees, your paperwork, and the facility protocols. Fabulous. All good information. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. And up next, we're going to be wrapping up our interview with our very special guest, Jill Obrachta. And we're going to ask her some for some more information, some more guidance and feedback. So stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss it. If you're a business owner, ask yourself this question. Do you know how to avoid the common money mistakes slowing down operations and growth? Are you confident with great certainty that you're in control of all financial decisions? Are you running your business with the know-how to achieve financial prosperity? So what is financial prosperity and how do you really know if you're there? Your first clue that you're not is spending more time dealing with financial worries than growing your business. I'm Christopher Music, and I have a solution for you. I have researched and codified 21 laws of financial prosperity for private practice owners from a study of 5,000 years of civilization. These laws have been found workable in all times and places, and they can be applied successfully today to help you achieve wealth and freedom. Go to 21prosperitylaws.com and download your free 21 Laws of Financial Prosperity Action Guide today. Do not wait. That's 21prosperitylaws.com. Welcome back to the Financial Power Hour with Christopher Music, online at pchristophermusic.com. Hey, and welcome back to the Financial Power Hour. This is Christopher Music, the creator of the Private Practice Millionaire, and you're listening to the Financial Power Hour here on AM 1380, The Biz. My special guest, Jill Obrachta, is uh, here today, and we're talking about her expertise in implementing the new HIPAA omnibus rules and protecting your practice by staying compliant. So, Jill, uh, let's talk about what action steps 
a practice owner or a small business owner can take to make sure that they're fully compliant just right away, just a few things that they can do keep themselves out of trouble? Yeah, I want your listeners to be able to have some tools, you know, to leave this session and go back into their practice. First thing I would do is make sure that your IT tech can offer you either that uh, risk assessment report, there's another data and uh data backup and contingency report. Those two reports are key. If you ask your IT tech, hey, can you supply me with a risk assessment report for HIPAA? And what about that data backup and contingency report? And if he looks at you like, what? Hey, man, I just, you know, set up computers in your office and then I go over to someone's house and then I can do wiring in someone's uh, small business or restaurant. You want to these days pick an IT tech that is definitely uh, very educated and well-equipped to work within the healthcare industry. It's a specialty. That's boutique. That's number one. Next, I would make sure that you have a new HIPAA manual written to these omnibus standards. So that would have to be published, your HIPAA manual written after 2013. As I said, there are eight new forms that should update to the new HIPAA omnibus standards. So check your patient form for HIPAA. If it was written in 2003, mm, that's no good. It's not up to date anymore. Your HIPAA patient acknowledgement form, these notice of these new HIPAA omnibus rules should be posted within your office and you have to have a copy posted on your website these days. Business associate agreements must be signed and in place to protect you, the practice owner, from any misuse of patient information uh, with your vendors and even their subcontractors. So many forms, reports, and I like checklists. You know, checklists are always going to make sure that if you can start this process and have to stop on any good comprehensive HIPAA omnibus rule checklist, there are 25 different points. Anything from how you're having your patients check in and check out with privacy, computers, internet, copiers, fax machines, how your team is handling text. You want to make sure that you have text, HIPAA compliant text apps on your cell phones that your team members may be able to then share safely patient information. Work with Uh, email encryption companies, make sure that you have written standards and protocols. And if this is overwhelming, Christopher, it's always good to align (laughs) with a resource. Whether the resource is from your professional association or whether it's a local person that can help you with HIPAA, find an expert. Find someone that you trust. You know, at HIPAA Made Easy, uh, our trainers are all former dental or medical um, professionals. So they speak your language and they know your world. And we're so passionate about connecting all the dots, getting everything in place, making it easy, making it streamlined. You just have a lot of peace of mind. And we answer our phones 24-7 because you know what I've learned over the years? A doctor should be busy with patient care all day long, 8 to 5, 9 to 5. But when do they most worry about this? The office manager or the doctor worries about this first thing in the morning. Oh, my gosh, we had a HIPAA inspection notice. They're going to come or OSHA is going to be here within a week. Or we had some kind of a a notice that we are going to have this inspection or they already arrived. When you worry about it is pre-office hours, after office hours in the weekends. 
And we're always here. I will give you my phone number at the end of the show. So if you ever have any questions, we just want to be an, an ally. Any of your listeners are welcome to call us. Uh, we can point you in the right direction. But align with resources. Get yourself, if you're going to use a kit, make sure that that kit has all the bits and pieces and you have access to expert trainers. Uh, that's why at HIPAA Made Easy, we really like to not just give you all of the connect the dot components, but a conversation is worth so much as far as clarity and saving time. So our experts really would always be available. Even if your listeners want to have a little guidance, we're happy to see what situation is and point you in the right direction. But those are the tips I would say of a good starting point after you leave um, the listening, uh, our, our, our session today. Right? That would be a good way to get started. Excellent. And of course, you know, one of the greatest assets that you can invest in as a small business owner or private practice professional is in specialized knowledge. You know, it's really valuable to get trained. Training is different than education. Training is being drilled and uh, having the correct technology to get a product, a result. Education is just knowledge. You see the difference. Specialized knowledge is, is when you apply it, you get a specific result. And that is true for for managing your practice, for marketing, for managing your finances, uh, investing, and of course, with all of the compliance systems that you have to do when you have a small business or a private practice. So, Jill, how do uh, people get a hold of you? Well, you know, if your viewers have any questions um, about how to go about setting things up within uh, their office, you can always reach us via email. Answers at HIPAAomnibusrule.com. That's HIPAA, H-I-P-A-A, Omnibus, O-M-N-I-B-U-S, rule.com. Answers at HIPAAomnibusrule.com. For our dental friends, you can reach us at info at dentalenhancements.com. Or just call us. We're always happy to review your current situation with OSHA for Dental or HIPAA for healthcare. And that number is 941-587-2864. Some of our kits are wonderful, and we supply all of the components, the manuals, the paperwork, the report templates, the checklists, and our trainers are so passionate and dedicated to your success. So please don't ever be a stranger. Feel free to reach us at 941-587-2864 for a quick consultation. And you got a special offer for today? We do. We do. We're so pleased to be here with you today, Christopher. And we wanted to offer your audience 15% off, if you mention this podcast, off of any of our HIPAA complete compliance packages or for our dental friends, our OSHA and HIPAA all-in-one package. And so 15% off, just uh, mention that. Uh, You listen to us today on the podcast, and we'll be happy to apply that uh, to your order. Fabulous. Well, Jill, thanks so much for being here. It was a pleasure having you. And I think our listeners got a tremendous amount of value today out of your wisdom. Thanks so much for being here. You are a rock star. Thank you. <laughs> okay, great. All right, folks. So obviously, it's it's time to really take a look at how we can apply what we've gotten out of today's talk. You know, as a small business owner, as a, as a private practice professional, it is so critical to apply the natural laws of finance, of economics, of your profession to get the best results 
possible. And of course, we have to do it within the framework of our economics and of our political uh, environment. And it's so valuable to know what to do and, of course, what not to do. I want to invite you to go to my website at www.pchristophermusic.com. That's pchristophermusic.com. There I have 21 laws of prosperity for private practice owners. It is a free action guide that I put together from studying the principles, the fundamentals of prosperity that have always been true. You know, I studied thousands of hours from the ancient Sumerian culture through the ancient Egyptians and the Romans and the Greeks and seven world major religions, the classical economists of Europe, to statesmen, to theologians, to academics and philosophers, to distill down these basic principles that have always created prosperity for any entity that would use them. I got 23, but 23 is not a great marketing number, so I used 21. Uh, and, of course, everyone is, has agreement that that's a, a kind of a spiritual number. So these 21 laws of prosperity are designed for you to use to create the best financial experience for you and your family. You know, if you apply them, and, of course, my subject of ecologics is about how to apply those 21 basic laws. You see, that's what makes my system so unique and so different is based on what has always worked, the truth of finance and economics. And of course, how do we apply them today with all the complexities of taxes and banking and accounting and investments and all these different areas that are so complex and so complicated, we really don't know how to successfully navigate uh, to a very good result every time. So that's what this, these 21 laws of prosperity are for. So go to my website, download it, and contact my office because we want to help you. That's what we're in the business of doing. And please go to www.financialpowerhour.com. There are several episodes of this show on that channel that you can listen to all kinds of experts from all kinds of different areas to help you have a wonderful financial and economic experience while you live your art. This is Christopher Music, and I want to thank you for taking the time today to listen to the Financial Power Hour, and I hope that you find value and uh, excellence in your application of this wisdom. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Financial Power Hour. For more information on prosperity principles and how to apply them to your life and your business, visit Christopher's personal website at pchristophermusic.com or connect with him on Facebook at facebook.com slash pchristophermusicauthor. You may also call Christopher's office at 727-588-1540 to request more information or arrange for him to be a guest speaker at your next event. That's 727-588-1540 or visit pchristophermusic.com.